Corvette was first shown in 1953 at the New York Autorama, and it was shown as a concept car, and Corvette was brought out to compete with some of the Italian and European uh, race cars at the time. And back in those early days, we knew that a mid-engine configuration was something that we would toy with. And finally, for the 2020 model year, we actually did it. Welcome to I Drive SoCal, the podcast all about mobility from the automotive capital of the United States, Southern California. Tom Smith here, and this podcast is really special. I'm sitting in a 2020 Corvette C8 with none other than Chevrolet's communications director, Mr. Shad Balch. That's right. Shad, thank you so much for having me. We are at the LA Auto Show, podcasting literally from a Corvette convertible that is a, I'm going to call it sexy blue, but I bet you know the, the, the particular blue name that this is. It is a sexy blue, but we're sitting in a, a rapid blue Corvette convertible. Rapid blue. Very nice. Um, Shad, thank you for joining me. This is absolutely awesome. And I really appreciate General Motors gifting a C8 Corvette to iDrive SoCal. That's very generous. You, you too, huh? I got one as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, topic du jour is history of the Corvette. Now, obviously, what we're sitting in, we need to really talk about, uh, but, but from the very beginning, Corvette started in 1953, I believe? That's correct, yes. Um, and why don't you just kind of give us the summary and, and the, the bullet points leading up to the mid-engine. Yeah, so Corvette was first shown in 1953 at the New York Autorama, and it was shown as a concept car, and Corvette was, was brought out to compete with some of the Italian and European uh, race cars at the time. So it was always meant to be a performance vehicle. And back in those early days, um, it was the sort of the, the father of Corvette, Zora Ankus Duntov, knew that a mid-engine configuration was probably the better situation for power and performance. I mean, it's just the weight balance that you get by putting all that weight in the back of the vehicle gives you the traction, gives you, lets you get planted to the ground. So we knew this going uh, far back as, you know, more than 50 years we knew that a mid-engine configuration was something that we would toy with. And we've actually, we developed what we call SERVs, Chevrolet Engineering Research Vehicle that had mid-engine configurations. We've been talking about this forever. Right. And finally, for the 2020 model year, we actually did it. Zora. Zora. Yes. Yeah. So he's, he's who we call the father of Corvette. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he is the one who wanted us to get a vehicle to compete in the racing circuit. He is the one who knew that a mid-engine configuration would be the optimal way to build a Corvette. And this is his dream, dream realized. He is the one who kept this top of mind for us for more than 50 years while we were developing generation after generation of Corvette. So this is his work. This is his masterpiece. Is he still alive? No, no, he's not. Okay. Well, he's smiling right now, right? Oh, I'm sure he is. So, um, 2020, the, the, uh, the release when, when the vehicles are going to be rolled out is, has been delayed a little bit due to the UAW strike from what I understand. Yeah. So the strike is over. Right. So we will start building and delivering, uh, the Corvettes in early February. Okay. And mine's coming in. I mean, this is yours. Oh, you can, you can drive it off right now. Thank you. <laughs> 
Um, so what can you tell us that you can't, that you haven't told anybody else? Um, well, if I'm going to let you live, not much. <laughs> Apologies. I appreciate that. Um, so the convertible, the, the Stingray, what is the, the rollout plan of the trims? Yeah, so if you follow the history of Corvette, right, you, it's, it's easy to deduce what will probably come next in terms of various trim levels. Sure. Uh, we've, we, this past January, we've showed the Corvette Stingray. We're, we're sitting in the Stingray. Right. Uh, there's a Z51 performance package that you can add to the base Stingray to give it a little bit more. So that gets you 495 horsepower. Top speed of 194 miles per hour, um, zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds, which is is unheard of. Right. So you get all of that power and performance, and this is just the base car. And what's the sticker price going to be? Do you guys have that official yet? We do. So you can you can get one of these for less than sixty thousand dollars. It starts at fifty nine nine ninety five. That will do t- zero to sixty in two point nine. Uh, you, well, you have to add the Z51 package. Okay, which is so then what are we talking? 64000 Yeah, it's about uh, about a $5,000 add-on. That yeah. doesn't, that, there's nothing on the market that's ever touched that performance at that price point, right? Not at all. And the thing is, is it's not just that it's a value proposition. It is a better car. It is a car that will be faster, will hit top speeds at, at a much quicker rate. It is sold at a Chevrolet dealership. Parts to service and replace are not going to break the bank. I mean, the whole entire package about Corvette is a remarkable achievement when you consider what this car is capable of. So we are, what is it, November 20th? Mm. Um, can you disclose any kind of pre-order sales figures? No. I can't at all. Um, all this information I, I, I'm asking for that I'd have to be dead in order to know. I can tell you. I can tell you a couple of things though. The dealers, uh, dealers that are taking orders for Corvette are very excited and they're very overloaded with Corvette orders. We the take rate uh, before they've even, they've even been made available is better than we expected. Um, it's we're getting new customers, customers that traditionally drove drove 911s or McLarens, Ferraris, sure. etc. They're now coming to us and saying. When can I get this? Where can I get this? So we're we're pretty excited about it, and and not to mention the fact that Motor Trend just this past Monday right. awarded us the the Motor Trend Car of the Year. When you get a third party endorsement from a performance publication like Motor Trend, that gets people's attention. That gets the enthusiast's attention. They had a pretty. Uh, I don't normally use such colorful language, but they had a pretty <laughs> picture on the front cover of what was it last issue where all four tires are off the ground. That's um, right. And uh, on, a, yeah. on a racetrack, on a road course. Electric's becoming more of a thing. Um, what talk has there been? What can you tell us about anything potentially electric in the Corvette's future? Or hybrid? Yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I can't make product announcements. I don't, I don't meet that pay grade. Right, right, But right, right. I can tell you this. Mary Barra, our CEO, she's been very direct about the move to all electric. So she, in her mind, long term, is committed to going, making every product run on electricity. So that it will happen. I mean, I don't know what the exact product mix will be when that does happen, but everything's going to be electric. What I love about electric drive is that you can't beat it in terms of power and performance. Electric motors, unlike gas-powered cars, are better performing. You get full horsepower, 
and full torque right at zero RPM, unlike a gas-powered car where you have to rev up until you get the peak power. So from that standpoint, it would make perfect sense to apply electric technology into a sports car. But as far as when? TBD. TBD. Yeah. Okay, so what about um, availability? So we know when, it's, when, it, when, when the rollout's uh, now planned, but um, you know, I have a very dear friend that's a Chevy dealer, Lewis Cook, Martin Chevrolet. I'm going to drop his name. You're welcome, Lewis. <laughs> um, the, uh, the availability uh, is, is limited, obviously, in the very beginning, but what does the, the rollout moving forward look like? Yeah, I mean, Corvette is built in Bowling Green Assembly Plant in Kentucky, and it's a dedicated plant. We are in the process right of right now of retooling it to sure. build this vehicle. We just stopped building the seventh generation Corvettes. Right. So we're getting ready, and production will start, like I said, in earnest in February. We could we have the ability to add shifts to meet demand. Okay. Um, we do know what we're going to build right away, and there will probably be a little bit of a, a more demand than availability. But the, you know that's not always a bad thing. Well, when are you guys going to release that valve? Is I guess the, the real key part of the question. I mean, we'll build enough to meet the demand at okay. the end of the day. It it might not happen right when the right floodgate opens, right. but. We will do that. And I'm so thrilled to be sitting in this car. It's hard for me to keep concentrating on, on the questions that I wanted to ask you, quite yeah. honestly. Well, it's interesting. You know, I, I can give you a little perspective of what it was like for... If the, That's right. Let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. You, you drove this around for, you said, a week? Yes. Yeah, I drove this vehicle around for a week in, in Los Angeles, and I was working with uh, another media outlet who was doing a story on people's reaction to this vehicle. Um and so we were driving through you Beverly can say Hills. the other media outlet i'm pretty sure i drive socal doesn't compare with this one yeah well, I, I would love to think that it does and I maybe break, someday i can't break their story yet oh I haven't okay. Seen their story yet. okay yeah okay. <laughs> but it was amazing i mean we had people jumping out in front of the vehicle asking us what it was and when they when they can get it and where they can get it uh we were driving through like rodeo drive and all those streets sure. in beverly hills next to mclarens and lamborghinis and ferraris the attention that this car gets i mean you would have you would have thought i was a kardashian being spotted <laughs> Beverly Hills. <laughs> okay, and then uh, do you want to tell the bit about the uh, without? Well, uh, the very high net worth individual that offered you a, a blank check for. Oh one? yeah, yeah. I had one guy pull me over, and literally he pulled up in front of me, made me pull over. He was in a McLaren, so I I naturally pulled over, <laughs> and uh, he wanted to buy the car right then and there, like. And it, money was no object. And he comes from a, uh, he disclosed he comes from a very wealthy family in, in Korea. And he wanted to take this car right then and there. No questions asked. Ex so Extraordinary wealth. Yeah. And it's not something you hear every day or see every day with a Chevy. So, Shad, thank you so much. There's one thing that I want to touch on, and and that's we, we talked about it before we, we went live on, or went live recorded on, on the podcast. <laughs> um End of the front engine for sure. Never again will we see a front engine Corvette. Can can we can we change the factories around to retool them for a limited run, say every five to ten years? Well, I mean, it's an interesting question, but I will tell you when we were looking at the C8 design, what we were going to do for the next generation Corvette, our engineers told us, "Look, the C7 is amazing. It is fantastic. The ZR1, you know, which does 205 miles per hour and zero to 60 in two point something seconds. They told us that's all that we can get yeah. out of a front engine car. Laws so of physics apply. Laws of physics apply. And unless you want to have a subpar, subpar next generation car, we've got to put the engine behind. 
So until there's a way that you can make a front engine perform better than a mid-engine, right? I don't know. I think we might be waiting a long time. Chad, is there anything that I missed? Anything that the iDrive SoCal uh, listeners, readers should know? Car will be available in February. All Chevy dealers who have signed up to sell the car will get them right about that time. Otherwise, I think we covered just about everything. So wait, uh, that brings up one question: Did any Chevy dealer not sign up to say, I, "No, I don't, I don't want to sell this car"? Well, I, I mean, mean, come on, really? We asked them to go through a lot of training. Oh, and sure. You know, okay. I think it, it, it ba- it's based on the market that they might be in. You know, there could sure. be some locations that don't have sure. anything that's conducive to Corvette or Corvette sure. customers. Sure. But if I'm a Chevy dealer and I don't want to own one of these personally, I think you guys ought to pull their dealership away. <laughs> You're right. They're missing the, the business option. You're right. <laughs> All right. Chad Balch, uh, communications director for Chevrolet. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Sincerely appreciate you and uh, Chevy. For iDrive SoCal, I am Tom Smith. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode was engineered and edited by Bobby Flores. Howdy. Still here, huh? That's cool, but this one's pretty much done. But we have tons of additional content at our website, idrivesocal.com. If you're not listening from there already, you should definitely check it out. From there, you can subscribe to our newsletter, the podcast, or leave a note. And I'd love to hear from you too. Here's my email, tom at idrivesocal.com. That's tom, T-O-M, at idrive. The letter I, drive like drive a car, SoCal like Southern California.com. Tom at idrivesocal.com. Thanks again for listening and please reach out with whatever's on your mind.